your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, a first for Locked On Avalanche, we will be diving into fantasy hockey and obviously with an emphasis on the Avalanche and their roster with Scott Cullen, uh, our very own host of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. So he'll be joining us in a little bit to kind of discuss some of the players on the Avalanche. Uh, And I even asked him the question, if I just went with all Avalanche players, how would I do in fantasy hockey? Surprisingly, probably pretty well. So uh, we will dive into the conversation with Scott momentarily. But first things first, follow the show on social media outlets, on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Locked On Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. One bit of info to get to before we uh, have the talk with Scott. The Avalanche did some scrimmaging, some inter-squad, intra-squad scrimmaging today. And since we don't have preseason... This is pretty much all we get when it comes to some live hockey. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to take too much out of the the scrimmage itself because it was very condensed. It was controlled. Uh, they had, you know, specific situations. They didn't do any power play or penalty kill. It was strictly five on five. But one the one thing that you do and that you can take out of it was the line combinations. And uh, you still have your players out with Landeskog, Saad, Johnson, Grubauer, and Middleton uh, still all out, unfit to play. So they didn't take part in it. But your top line, they, they did Team Burgundy and Team White. Your top line for Team Burgundy, Burkowski, McKinnon, and Rantanen. So, I mean, we're less than a week away. Do I think that would have made a difference if... You know, Landeskog was in the mix. Uh, not at this point. I don't think I do. I, I think I think that is your top line going into puck drop day one. I'm completely fine with that. Um, some of your other lines you had Tyson Jost was with Nazem Kadri and, Kadri and Shane Bowers. Uh, the top defensive pairing again on Team Burgundy, Taves and Makar. And that has been the pairing all of training camp. So again... No, I don't think. Let me go through these. Well, Eric Johnson, but Eric Johnson is not. Go, Eric Johnson's on the unfit to play. He's not going to be up on that, you know, top pairing. So I think that's your top line. I think that's your top pairing. I think that's your top five going in to game one. Burakovsky, McKinnon, Rantanen, and then Makar um, and Taves. I mean, that is a a solid top unit. Uh, they had Gerard paired with Connor Timmins. Ryan Graves paired with Ian Cole. So I think they're getting a little bit creative with who who their pairing is. And with Eric Johnson being out, we obviously don't know who he would be paired with. Uh, And if he was in, it would be interesting to see where he would be. Kind of the other names that you know on Team White, uh, Nachuskin, Comfer, and Donskoy was their top line. Calvert, Belmar, and O'Connor was their second. 
So they kind of split it up, but uh, I don't even know. I think it, it was it was a very low scoring event, <laughs> and again, the score doesn't matter. But I paid attention more to the the line combination. So yeah, hockey is uh, right around the corner. You can almost taste it. It's almost here. Before we get to games, we are going to get to uh, fantasy hockey. And before we get to that conversation with Scott from Locked On Fantasy Hockey, we're going to, I mean, hockey, fantasy hockey is betting. And we here at Locked On put our faith in betonline.ag. And that is the place to go to place all of your online bets. Now, they don't do fantasy sports, they do actual sports where you can put your actual money on. And right now, if you sign up for your free account at betonline.ag, and use that promo code of locked on, you get a 50% welcome bonus. You put 200 bucks in the account, you got $300 in your account. You put $500 in your account, you got $750 in your account. So go to betonline.ag right now. Hockey season's around the corner. NFL playoffs are here. College football playoffs are here. It's a great time to put some scratch down. Do it at betonline.ag. AG. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on and get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, quick break. Scott from Locked On Fantasy Hockey talking some avalanche players in the world of fantasy sports. All right, everybody, welcome back. And with me for day five, the last day of our prep week, is Scott Cullen, our Locked On Fantasy Hockey host. First time on the show, Scott. How are you doing? Awesome. How are you doing today? I am doing well. So uh, we, I don't get into fantasy too much on my show, mainly because I'm, like, terrible at it. <laughs> so uh, and I know that's not a reason to not cover it, but uh, I, I, my fault is I... And, th- and this is why I'm terrible at betting too, is because I always go with my uh, my heart and not my head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, is that probably like the worst thing to do when it comes to fantasy sports? Oh well, yes and no. I mean, yes, you if you if you're always picking the guys you like, you, you, it may not pay off for you in the end. Uh, right. Same time, you know, you're doing this to have fun, and so it, you don't want to just be taking you know guys yeah. on teams you don't like or players you don't like, you know, with this cold robotic approach like right i i've talked about this with other people where you know they, they try and they they want to sort of remove the emotion from it and and i yes uh, to some degree you you need to do that and 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 look it's easier to be emotionless about fantasy players when you know cutting one of these guys doesn't really upend anybody's life right um, exactly and, and but you know you you want to care about your team you want to uh you know, have some investment in it. Uh, and so that's, that's kind of the way I, I look at it. I mean, like I, I will try and suggest people be dispassionate, but it's always to, you know, to a, to a point. And yeah. then, you know, if, if it means, you know, maybe later in your draft, you make sure to grab one guy off your favorite team, then do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because there, there's no point to doing this if you're not invested in having fun. In it. Exactly. And I'm guilty on both sides. Like I am guilty for taking guys that I just genuinely like and then, you know, I have my Brad Marchand list 
and <laughs> the untouchables, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> of, of guys that I, that will never be on my team, no matter what. So, um, all right, so let's get into Avalanche players, and I guess as a whole, you know, Avalanche are looking pretty good as a team and what they're supposed to do on the ice this year. Could I theoretically like just draft the Colorado Avalanche and be a player in a fantasy league at this point? Yeah, you'd probably do all right. <laughs> and, and that's been like, I mean, obviously, I, I think the Avalanche have, you know, they're, they're Stanley Cup favorites for a reason, right? Like this is, this is not, um, you know, some kind of reach to say, oh, well, right. they, have, they have so much talent. Well, of course they, they have um, like, you know, McKinnon is, I mean, basically at the top of every fantasy draft, there, there are three guys and it's Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to drop McKinnon in between the, the two Oilers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, there, there's an argument to be made depending on, on your league and um, in your categories that you might even take McKinnon first. Um, that, that was my next question. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that's the way that you listed them. One, two, and three is how most uh, you yeah. know, lists go, but have you been seeing people take McKinnon at number one um, or, is, or is it still McDavid yeah. at that? It, it's it's more often McDavid, but I have seen I have seen McKinnon go number one. Uh, I think uh, the issue tends to be that um, McKinnon's uh, an elite shot generator, right? Like he gets a whole lot more uh, shots on goal, and certainly if that's you know one of the categories in your league, well, that starts to separate him from McDavid. If you if you have plus minus, well, McKinnon uh, fares better there as well, and you you start to kind of pile those things up, and you and then and then. You know, like I, I expect McDavid, um, you know, he's the favorite to win the scoring title, but mm. you know, if, if McKinnon say close and then he, and then he's going to give you an, an edge in a few other categories, like there's an argument to make for it. And the, the, the argument that I go with uh, McDavid is, is that his ceiling, you know, <laughs> as great as I think McKinnon is, I think McDavid's ceiling is even higher. Yeah. Is that like, I've, I've projected McDavid to score like 79 points in, in this 56 game season. Mm-hmm. But if he scored ninety points, like wouldn't surprise I'd fall off my chair and and you know right right I'm shocked, right he yeah. he's one of those few guys I mean there's there's like a handful of guys in the league uh, who who have you know this real high end upside and and I think McDavid and Drysital um, because of what that Edmonton power play is like that that might be um, what kind of gives them the I guess the extra edge uh, in terms of scoring but uh, yeah like I I think so. You know, back to your original question here is yes. You know, if you if you start anchoring your your team with Colorado Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon's right off the the start, um, you can do pretty well. You're doing uh, all right. And like I, I think you know, obviously Rantanen is great, Kale McCarr is great, mm-hmm. and then and then you can find value uh, as you as you move further down. Now, one of the risks um, with guys on the Avalanche, like say say for somebody like Burakovsky, who's uh, I mean, to me he, he's a, a somewhat complicated. Uh, player when it comes to fantasy uh, because he had a really good season last year mm-hmm. but part of it what it was really percentage driven like uh, had a high on ice shooting percentage high shooting percentage uh, in his own right uh, and and you generally those are the kinds of things that i i want to avoid because uh, it's really rare to, to do that kind of back to back but at the same time if if he's gonna skate on on mckinnon's wing well yeah you you you, you don't want to ignore that either right exactly that's the 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 kind of tough situation where statistically you're like okay well he's probably going to give a little bit back this year 
but oh, he's playing with McKinnon. So, you know, you, I think you still have to expect some pretty good things. You can't ignore that stuff. Right. Uh, and what are you looking for primarily with, you know, fantasy hockey is kind of a different animal. Everybody can kind of, you know, when they think fantasy, obviously fantasy football is, you know, fantasy football, maybe baseball is what number two, I'd say. So, yeah, yeah. um, but what, what are you looking for? And I know leagues are different based on, you yeah. know, they have different categories, but what's kind of like the basis of what your, your main stats, like what, what, what you, when you're picking somebody, what's the, uh, the, the, the first thing that you're thinking of when it comes to uh, like a category, what's your well, most important one? Yeah. Like the, I mean, the most basic categories are goals and assists, but I think the, what you're looking for uh, in addition to that is, is you want guys who generate shots on goal. Um, because that is sort of what leads to sustainable goal scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if there, there are, you know, a few guys, but, but I mean, we're talking in a league of, you know, 700 players. There are a few guys who, who can score on, you know, 17, 18% of their shots Yeah, on a consistent basis. Like, you know, in one year, kind of anything can happen, right? The guy hits a hot streak and, and, and get, can do that. Uh, but, you know, sustainably, there are very, very few guys who, who can do it. And so you, you kind of have to look at and say, okay, well, if this guy, you know, scored at eight, on 18% of his shots in one year, well, it's probably coming down. Does he still generate a lot of, you know, enough shots for, for the offense to be there if he scores on 12%? Okay. You know, because that's a much more, you know, achievable number, reasonable number. Um, and then it also works the other way. And it worked that way with McKinnon, right? McKinnon early in his career, uh, would generate all these shots, but he, he was scoring on like, you know, seven and 8% of his shots. Yeah. It was a really low, low mark for a guy who, who, you know, first overall pick, you know, an elite offensive talent, you know, like why, why is he scoring on 7% of the shots? It's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, once the percentages start to turn around, all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got a guy who's uh, right up near the top of the league. And, and that, and so you're kind of, you know, working it at both ends of the, of the spectrum there is that if you have somebody, um, you know, who has a scorer's pedigree and he's coming off a season when his shooting percentage is really low, well, it's probably going to come back up. And uh, if the shooting percentage was really high, well, it's probably going to come back down. And sure. It's sort of the nature of the game. Uh, and there are just, there are very few exceptions to it. Right, um, right. When you're, you know, looking league-wide. Okay. Uh, what, what about a guy like uh, Brandon Saad? Is he kind of like maybe... I guess maybe like kind of a sexy pick for this year in fantasy, just because he's one of those guys that uh, could be the beneficiary of coming to a, a you know, a, one of the elite teams in the league. Is he kind of well, being looked at more than he, if say he was still in Chicago? Well, I would say probably more than in Chicago, but the thing that has hang hangs over sod um, for fantasy in, in particular is he hardly gets a power, play, a role on the power play. Uh, certainly his time in Chicago and even, even his, time in Columbus, there wasn't a ton of power play time. And, you know, power play is where, you know, a lot of these high, high end scorers, that's where they, uh, you know, had their stats and, um, and really make a difference. And, mm-hmm. and Saad kind of misses out on that. And mm-hmm. this is why in general, he, he's, you know, one of these guys that you would say is, well, he's a better real hockey player than he is for fantasy. Um, because I mean, he, he's got this established reputation as a play driving winger. Um, his, you know, his line always outshoots the other team uh, when they're on the ice. And, and so, you know, that leads you to better goal differentials. And Saad has done that consistently throughout his career. So, you know, you kind of know that that's what you're getting with him. But, 
you know, in terms of fantasy, you're still missing out on that kind of that one aspect that if, if, you know, he was going to be a, a, a regular contributor on the power play, then you go, okay, well, his point total should probably get a, a nice boost from that. And then, and then right. you're thinking of him as a, as a top guy, but that just hasn't been, that hasn't been his role. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, you had touched on Cal McCarr and <laughs> what was his, uh, it, what was his kind of like ranking last year? And I'm assuming this year he's got to be up with, with, you know, what, what is he probably definitely in the top 10, I would think. And I, I have him at six among defensemen. And, and where was he last year? I'm sure he was down a little bit because he didn't really prove. Yeah. Because yet. you, because I mean, look, one of the things is, is as much as people in fantasy, they love to tout rookies because you, you know, you always want to be first. Right. On, on somebody when they're coming into the league, like, Oh, see, I, I knew this I, guy was going to be great. That's, right. Right. That's the thing. Um, but, you know, if we're being the dispassionate uh, fantasy advisor, you know, you tell people, look, don't overrate rookies. And and so, yeah, going into last season, I think people were fairly cautious on on Makar. You know, like we might have had him in the 20s, probably, uh, among defensemen. And, and so, you know, yet, yes, you'd be happy to draft him, have him on your team. Um, and But you're doing it kind of based on potential. Yes, you hope that it, it works out. Um, but you know, his kind of late season, uh, and playoff, uh, stint the year before, you know, wasn't enough for you to just go, okay, I'm all in on, on Kale McCarr, who's now a Norris trophy guy. Like, right. You need to see a little bit more, uh, before you get there. Well, you know, having seen what we did last year, now Kale McCarr is kind of in, in that stratosphere, right. Is that, um, you know, th- there's a, you know, Pretty, I, I don't know that he's the favorite to be the top scoring defenseman, but he's mm-hmm. right in that conversation. You know, yeah. I think like John Carlson for Washington has, um, you know, he he's had three years where he's put up, you know, 210, 215 points over the past three seasons, somewhere in that range. And and so, you know, just on track record, you, you maybe give Carlson an edge that way. Mm-hmm. After that, I don't know that any anyone else um, is a better bet to, uh, to lead defenseman in scoring. So, uh, you know, provided Makar stays healthy, uh, and and if Colorado is as good as we think they are, um, you know, you can be pretty happy if Kel Makar is the the first defenseman you end up with. Yeah, oh, your- I, definitely. Um, one of the things I do in fantasy is I, I'm big on the high risk, high reward guys. Uh, I, I take more chances than I probably should. <laughs> um, is there anybody on the Avalanche roster that sticks out for uh, to, that that fits that category? the high risk, high reward people. I mean, if we want super high risk and, and, and I would say this is just uncertainty on, on my part in, in how it fits is uh, Bowen Byram. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, having just played in the world juniors uh, for Canada is, and, and I don't even know, you know, how he necessarily fits on their team this year. Um, yeah. But certainly, if you're in a dynasty league, yes, you want Bo Byram. He's likely to be a star for for a long time. Uh, but you know, he's this really dynamic offensive defenseman uh, who who jumps into the play and he can really skate. And you know, you can see an upside there that um, you know he and Makar on the same team is going to be you know dangerous silly, uh, for the most part because you know NHL NHL teams you know. They desperately covet these kinds of these kinds of players, and, and it looks like Colorado is going to have two of them. Um, and and so I just I don't know. Like I, I think if if Byram happened to be on another team, 
they'd be like, okay, we're taking this guy and we're going to, you know, he's going to quarterback our power play and we're going to give him all these minutes, except that I see Byron comes to the avalanche and, you know, they already have Makar there. They already have uh, even somebody like Sam Girard, who's you know got experience and can handle the puck and skate and, you know, just guys who are going to compete for, uh, for that quality ice time with him. And so, um, but, you know, I kind of hold, hold it out there that if, the, if there's some way that Bowen Byram ends up, you know, playing for the avalanche in a regular role that, you know, you might end up uh, really liking the, the payoff at the yeah. end. We could be talking about what we were just saying with Kale McCarr. Like you don't know yeah. what he is, you know, you know, he has all the potential. And then after he gets a year under his belt, he just skyrockets up the charts for defensemen. You yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, any sleepers on this team? I know, you know, that's, that's the big item when it comes to fantasy, like you said, finding those guys that you can claim first on, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and who, who would you think on the avalanche is a, a sleeper when it comes to fantasy? Well, you know, and, and so in this case, I, I would go to the goalies. Um, wow. Okay. You know, like Philip Grubauer, he's not necessarily, you know, a sleeper and un, an unknown type, but he hasn't right. really had this, you know, long career as an established number one goaltender. Um, where, you know, like if you compare him to Tuka Rask or Carey Price or, uh, you know, guys that have been in the number one role for a long time, they sort of have a certain cachet, you know, because, because one of the things about drafting goalies is you want some security, right? You want to know that the guy you're drafting is going to be the number one goalie on his team. And now, you know, I don't necessarily, like I, you know, I like Grubauer and I think he, he you know, can be a really valuable goalie because one, he's got a really great team in front of him, but you know, I, I think, you know, Grubauer's track record is still pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't have, um, you know, this history of being a number one goaltender uh, for a long time. And now, you know, the way I, the way I've worked this and I've done this in, in the draft already this year is yes, I draft Grubauer. And then a little while later I grab uh Francis Okay. Because that sort of covers off the uncertainty. <laughs> right. That, that if I, if there is some, you know, concern that, okay, well maybe Grubauer might lose the job. Well then give it to the, you know, if they give it to Francis, there's, you know, you're, you're still getting a guy who has this great team in front of him. You're going to get wins. And, you know, their numbers, you know, last year weren't bad. You know, they could, they could be even better, but it's not like you looked at, um, you know, Colorado's goaltending and, and, and we're like, well, this is a real, you know, glaring weak spot. It's not that. I mean, maybe it's not as strong as, uh, wow, their defense, their defense is off the charts and, and their sure. top line forwards are incredible. Maybe it's not at that level, but it's not, it's not like some glaring weakness either. And so that's, that's where I think you can find value is that, you know, Grubauer and Francis don't have, you know, these huge reputations where, um, where people necessarily rate them highly. Uh, but I think, you know, given the expectations on the avalanche to be really good this year, their goaltenders are probably going to put up really good numbers. It's a good point. Yeah. And I think with Grubauer, it, it might be something where you, it's just timing. Like he's always had that uh, potential and it's always the talk of, you know, could he be that guy? And the question, you know, the jury is still out on that. Uh, oh, yeah. But if he is the guy and you get him in the year that he does become the guy, you yeah. look like a genius pretty much. Yeah. Right? And then, I mean, who doesn't love to look like a genius? Yeah, right? Absolutely. I mean, but, but I, it, I mean it, fantasy is bragging rights. And yeah, when, yeah. you know what I mean? When, when you can claim stuff like that, like I knew he was going to be big. This was the year he was going to turn it on. And, and you have, you can hold that forever. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and so in the case of Grubauer, right, if, you, if you talk about it, like his timing, 
right? There was that year in the playoffs with Washington where the, you know, Braden Holtby had been the starter in Washington for years and years, yeah. but he, he struggled. Uh, and Grubauer basically took the job. They went into the playoffs. Grubauer lost two games and all of a sudden they took the job. Like they threw Holtby back in and it was like, wow, that's, uh, that's, that's a short leash. <laughs> you know, exactly. Because it wasn't even that he had played poorly. It was like, well, you know, they lost a couple of games, three, two or something like it, it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like he got lit up. It was just like, okay, we're going to go back to the guy who who has been our starter for a, a lot longer. And, sure. uh, and, and, you know, and then uh, they go on and win. And, and, and you're like, well, like there's probably a, a there's a world uh, in a parallel universe where Phil Grubauer is the one who leads them to, uh, <laughs> uh, to a Stanley cup, but you know, <laughs> not what happened. No, definitely not. Um, <clears throat> and finally, you know, there's always those guys that don't get picked for whatever reason in a draft. And then uh, after the first week when everybody's wheeling and dealing after the first week and uh, overanalyzing everything. And uh, there, there's a guy who has a great first week or first, you know, first couple of weeks. And now everybody's bidding on him to, or putting him them in their, their queue to get him on a free agency wire. Anybody that fits that mold on the avalanche that might not get drafted and then starts out hot, and then he's the hot commodity on the free agency wire. Yeah, I would consider uh, defensemen. Uh, either Taves or Gerard, I think both kind of fit that profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who like to jump up and, and join the rush. And, and because, you know, because they're not Makar, you know, Makar is going to be the one that everyone is after mm-hmm. um, in your fantasy draft. But it's possible that Taves and or Gerard uh, are going to slide and, and not – you know, not get picked um, in, in a fantasy draft. And and then all of a sudden, you know, if, if the avalanche are sort of as, as good as we expect they're going to be and, and, uh, and the goals are flowing, well, these two defensemen who are, you know, capable of jumping into the play and, uh, and contributing offensively, well, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be value there. And so, yeah, I, I think that's in, in look, and this, this is, uh, you know, a, a, there aren't a lot of teams that you would, you would look at and say, Oh yeah, well, they've got a, a, you know, this many puck moving defensemen who are worth your, worth your while, but that's sort of the case with the avalanche. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and like we're saying, like <clears throat> every, we were talking about sod and how will he be the beneficiary of coming to a good team? You can't forget about the guys that are already on the team that are going to benefit from other people coming in as well. And I think, like you said, like Gerard could be a guy that fits that mold. Like he he's familiar with the system and now he's gotten some help on the defensive end. He can he can definitely, like you said, he could definitely step it up his his game up even more because of the guys he acquired. I like yeah. that. It, and, and I mean, talking of, of guys who are kind of there already, is that you know when you go back to your original question about you know can you build your team around the Avalanche? Well, you know we had, we barely talked about Miko Rantanen or Gabriel right. Rantanen or Nazem Kadri. <laughs> those guys are those guys are all you know you know, surefire picks. Yes. You want them in fantasy. Yes. Uh, you know, Rand Randon has produced at an elite level. Um, you know, he had, had some injuries last year, but still re- performs at a really high level. Landis Gog is, is, you know, a really balanced player, like, and, and, you know, more valuable if he's playing with McKinnon, but still uh, a guy who, who kind of produces uh, consistently across the board. And then Kadri, um, you know, scores, uh, can contribute on the power play. If your league has penalty minutes, he's usually pretty good for that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, again, like to, to your original question about can you build around the Avalanche? Yeah, you probably can, and uh, and it's not the worst thing in the world to do. I, mean, I, I know a lot of times people want to diversify uh, how how they yeah. 
have their picks. But if you're if your fantasy team happens to have three or four Avalanche on it, uh, you'll probably feel okay about that. I think I might do that. I think I might just start one <laughs> team and grab as many Avalanche players. And if you do it, let me know. If, if not you, but if there's anybody out there <laughs> listening, because uh, I know there's people that do that. <laughs> For sure, they just go for the homers. I, look, cool. I was in a I was in a fantasy football league this year with a guy who loaded up on Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> How'd he do? <laughs> as soon as Dak Prescott got hurt, it, it got ugly in a hurry. <laughs> but you know that that's the that's the thing about you know if you're if you're going all in on a team, well you know make sure it's a team that has the you know, yeah to do it. And I think you don't want to go all in on the Jets or anything like that. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome, man. All right, so. Uh, where can people find you on the Twitterverse and on our network? Uh, throw out yeah. where we can follow you. Yeah, check me out on Twitter at by Scott Cullen. Uh, I'm writing uh, for a bunch of places, but uh, The Athletic is probably the most uh, most notable. Uh, and uh, you can certainly get catch me hosting uh, Locked on Fantasy Hockey, uh, also Locked on Fantasy Baseball uh, as, as we head towards that season. So I'm uh, keeping busy, but... Uh, looking forward to it at least we've got some sports to to keep us occupied who's who's the number one guy in in on baseball <laughs> oh for next season yeah um i'm probably i mean it's got to be what's his name in in, in uh on the yeah, angels he's... on the angels oh trout yeah Is he... I don't know. it might be uh tetis jr uh in san diego really? I mean, it's uh trout one of the things about, about trout is he didn't really steal bases last year and you know well, the, the funny thing is analytics will tell you, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be stealing bases, but it's, it's still a category in fantasy. So people, <laughs> they care if you're running or not. Wow. I love fantasy baseball, but I, it's just it's so tough because most leagues halfway through people just dive out. And it's yeah, like, it, well, it, it's it requires a commitment. That's yes. Sure. Yes, absolutely. But I love it. So, all right, man. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and talk. I think this was the, the first guest we've had on the, to talk fantasy hockey. So uh, we'll have you back on maybe towards the end of the year and kind of assess how the avalanche did in the fantasy world. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, we will be right back. All right. There you have it. Some info for all you fantasy hockey heads. If your draft hasn't happened yet, I'm assuming those last minute drafts are probably going to happen this weekend. So some info for you on the Avalanche players. Uh, and definitely follow Scott on uh, Locked on Fantasy Hockey for league-wide fantasy hockey info. It's good stuff. Uh, so that's going to be it, everybody. That puts a bow on our prep week. If you uh, just tuned in to this one, all the shows from this week, back from Monday till today, kind of get you ready with different aspects of what's going on with the Avalanche from what to expect on the fan experience side, what to expect on a prospect side, uh, big storylines. We kind of covered a, a lot this week. So uh, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to those other shows. If you've been with it, with the uh, with the show all week, thank you very much. It's always appreciated. And yeah, next week we finally get hockey. And if anything happens, you know we'll be back Monday, and maybe we'll have an update on Bowen Byram. It, word is he's on his way to Denver. If he is, he does have to quarantine for a week before he can even take part. So if there's a, a update on him, we will bring it to you on Monday or Tuesday, whenever we get it. Bottom line is we're less than a week away from live hockey, finally. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and all week. And whenever you tune in, it's always appreciated. We'll see you guys next week. Here's Jovi.
Stay safe. Go, Abs, go.